Welcome to another episode of Straight Up Sports, the podcast. I'm Andrew Schaefer. In today's episode, we're going to talk about and recap both championship games between the Rams and the Saints and the Patriots and the Chiefs, all the drama that unfolded between both games. Uh, I'm also more towards the end. I'm going to give a little Knicks trade update. There was an up, a, a Bleacher Report update that came out today regarding the Knicks, so I'll get into that a little bit. And also, Carmelo Anthony was traded yesterday. What does that mean for him going forward? The last part of this podcast, I'm going to do a segment I haven't really done. Um, I'm going to name the top five GOATs. What I mean by that is the top five greatest of all time athletes. So that'll be more towards the end, but I'm going to start with the uh, championship games that went on this weekend. First, before even that, I want to give a shout out to Syracuse basketball for beating Duke last Monday at Cameron. Uh, Coach Beheim deserves a lot of credit. I know Duke didn't have Trey Jones, our point guard, and Cam Reddish, their best shooter, but they still had Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett, and they still won at Duke. So congrats to Jim Beheim and the, and the boys there. Um, shout out to Bart Scott. Eight years ago last Tuesday was his famous post-game rant that everybody knows that he had in New England where he tells uh, Sal Palantonio that the Patriots can't stop a nosebleed and that they're 25th in the league. And also, shout-out to Kobe. Uh, today's the 13-year anniversary of his 81-point game. So shout-out to Kobe Bryant. So I'm going to start with the NFC Championship game. That was between the Rams and the Saints, uh, the two best teams in the NFC all season. This game, I thought, was pretty boring for the most part the first half. Didn't really get good till about three minutes to go. Um, you know, looking through the numbers and looking through the stats, a lot of things jumped out. First thing was the Saints only had 50 yards rushing. Remember, they had two running backs who could have been in the Pro Bowl, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. And I remember Mark Ingram won a Heisman in Alabama. Alvin Kamara came from Tennessee and was drafted, I believe, in like the third or fourth round. So that was a steal, obviously. Um, but this game was pretty boring, and the Saints were up 13-0, and you're thinking, all right, you know, this game's going to be over because the Rams just couldn't move the ball. I mean, the Saints' defense played so good in the first, first quarter and then the Rams did something the Saints did last week to the Eagles. They ran a fake punt. Johnny Hecker threw a beautiful pass to Sam Shields, and he got the Rams a first down, and that changed all the momentum. And basically, the Saints got a taste of their own medicine. I thought the Saints got off to a fast start, but after that, it looked like the Eagles game again. They looked slow. They looked like they frankly, weren't interested after it was 13-0. I mean, I feel like maybe they thought it was going to be over, and then the Rams got the fake punt, and then all of a sudden the momentum went the Rams' way. It was a great play call by Sean McVay. Now, fast forward to the, to the last part of the game. Remember, Todd Gurley gets benched in this game. Todd Gurley gets benched, and the, and the Rams still found a way to win. Todd Gurley dropped two passes, including one that was intercepted by former Jet Demario Davis. And that breaks my heart because I really like Demario Davis. And the fact that Mike McCagnan wouldn't pay him is absolutely ludicrous. We won't even get into that. But Todd Gurley gets benched. Okay. Uh, that first down in the red zone, under two minutes to go, you run the football. Force Sean McVay to use his two timeouts. Okay, then run the clock down and then give the Rams little to no time to try to get up the field. What does Sean Payton do? He calls a wide receiver slant route that Michael Thomas drops because the throw was very low. 
That was a very questionable play call. I understand that Drew Brees is your best player, but the clock is your friend. I mean, the clock's your friend in that situation. You've got to know better clock awareness. That's really bad on Sean Payton's part. You know, you also, when the ball, when they did go to overtime, the Saints got the ball. And remember, they got the ball first, and they didn't do anything with it. And then Greg Zerline kicked a 57-yard field goal, which it could have hit from across the field. He hit it so good. The Saints had opportunities. Yes, pass interference should have been called. I'm not going to deny it. Pass interference should have been called. I mean, uh, I forgot what player it was, but the player got absolutely mauled. And there should have been a penalty. And Sean Payton came out after the game and said, oh, no, the refs blew the call. Well, yeah, we know that. But they had, the Saints had ample opportunities to win the game. They should have put this game away in the first half. I mean, like I said, they were up 13-0. Todd Gurley got benched in this game. And it just, you, got the, you even got the ball first in overtime. I mean, just slam the door. I mean, it's remarkable how bad the Saints played in the second half. And my big takeaway from, from the Saints' perspective is they peaked too early. They just, they peaked too early. I, I mean, they, they were so good. I believe, what were they, 9-1, 10-1? I mean, they were, they were great. Drew Brees was an MVP candidate. But after that Cowboys game, after they lost, they really struggled after that. I believe there was a static. Uh, yeah, there is. Okay, so the stat is that through the first 11 games, Drew Brees... Only threw two picks. That's incredible. He threw five second half of the year. Okay. His touchdown to interception ratio at one point during the year was 19 to 1. That's crazy. And then, including the last game, it was seven touchdowns and five picks. I think Drew Brees, I don't want to say he ran out of gas. But, you know, Drew Brees is, obviously, he's getting up there in age. The Saints don't have a future quarterback, and they're probably going to have to look into that down the line. But I'm not putting this all on Drew Brees. A lot of this goes on Sean Payton for that play call, because if they, if they had run the ball twice, the Rams would have used their two timeouts on first and second down. You could have ran the clock on third down, could have called the timeout, then you could have kicked the field goal, or maybe you would have gotten the first down. I don't know. I mean, it's possible you run, you get positive yard, and all of a sudden maybe you have a first down and the game's over. Now, the game obviously should have been over with pass interference. And now the question is, should, should they review pass interference? The answer is no, okay? I understand that pass interference cost the Saints the game. I, I get it. But the bottom line is, they never should have been in that position because they should have closed the game earlier, okay? The other issue with reviewing pass interference is people are already complaining about how long these games take. They take forever because they're already reviewing stupid things like spot fat, like, you know, where the ball belongs and was it a catch. I don't even know what a catch is anymore. I'm convinced that if there's one inch of a bobble, it's an incomplete pass. Man, that's ridiculous. Okay, shout out to Des Bryant. He caught that football. Okay, and I'm not a Cowboys fan, but shout out to Des Bryant. He caught that ball in Green Bay. But it just it, it's going to take longer and longer, and it's ridiculous. And I'm also going to make another point. Roger Goodell had every reason for this to be Rams-Patriots. Why? Rams were in a new market, moved from St. Louis to L.A. He wanted L.A. in the Super Bowl, and frankly, he wants the big market, right? 
LA is a big market, and obviously they have the Rams and the Chargers. But LA, the Rams are really like the third team in their market because you have the Chargers. And then also, remember, the Raiders used to be in LA for a while, and some of those fans went to Oakland. Nobody cares about the Rams. Like, I am not really that interested in the Super Bowl this year. You know, I was hoping the Chiefs would make it because Patrick Mahomes is obviously a great quarterback and fun to watch. And Drew Brees, I think everybody rooted for him. Everybody and their mother rooted for Drew Brees. But unfortunately, it's Rams-Patriots. Now, the storyline for this game is going to be Sean McVay versus Belichick. I don't see a storyline about Jared Goff against Brady. Jared Goff's not even nearly on the same level as Tom Brady. Jared Goff's a good quarterback, but he's not Tom Brady, and he's nowhere near Tom Brady. Um, You know, most people are going to play this out as, you know, what's Bill Belichick going to stop? Well, Bill Belichick's going to stop Todd Gurley. First thing you've got to do is you force Jared Goff to throw the ball. Okay, you have to force Jared Goff to throw the football. He's a second, third-year quarterback. You have to get him to throw the ball. My other conspiracy theory with with football is the Patriots always make it. Now, granted, some of that is Brady and Belichick, but they seem to get every single call. Now, granted, the Edelman call was a little interesting, but they did seem to get every call. You know, the Rams, they're in a new market. So I think this is what Roger Goodell wanted. And, you know, I'm convinced the NFL wanted this. Now, as a fan, I, I football obviously is not my favorite sport, and football is... But it is the most watched sport in America. And to be honest with you, I don't really know how many non-diehard football fans are actually going to be interested in this game. I, I really don't. I mean, I just don't know anyone that would be interested in this game. Like, the Rams, they're not like a likable team. They have a lot of tough guys, a lot of physical players. They're, they're not a team that you're going to love. And New England either, unless you live there. Um, you know, but, but that's that with, with, with that. So now let's go to the AFC Championship game. Obviously, as I mentioned, New England's in the Super Bowl. They beat Kansas City in overtime. Um, give Brady credit. I mean, again, tremendous greatness. You know, whatever, you, whatever adjective you want to use to describe it, it was remarkable. A um, few things. One, Patrick Mahomes is special. I know there's people out there that say, oh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, he, he had a great first season and people are going to watch film on him. This guy gets out of the pocket and makes throws I have never seen. There was a throw, I believe, on third down where an Adrian Claiborne comes flying at him and he throws it sidearm. How many guys are going to throw it sidearm? Two. Actually, maybe three if you count Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. So that's that. I mean, he is a special quarterback. Unfortunately, the Chiefs didn't win because their defense can't stop a nosebleed. Shout out to Bart Scott. They just they can't. And you knew once New England won that coin toss, the game was over. You knew Kansas City couldn't stop anybody. They hadn't been able to stop anybody, so why stop them in overtime of a playoff game? Um, another thing, Tom Brady's a straight savage. I mean, he posts two videos in the last two weeks. First, he posts a video of him alone in a gym to the song Many Men by 50 Cent, which is one of the greatest songs ever. That is just straight savage. And then after the game... He posted a video of him walking with Rob Gronkowski going to Bad Boy for Life by P. Diddy. I mean, can it get more savage than that? I mean, he is remarkable. You know, and all these people saying, oh, they don't have any skill players. They don't have any talent. New England 
just shut the door on the media and said, you know, we're just going to keep it here. We're going to focus on this and we're going to win. And what happened? They won. They went into Arrowhead and they won. Now, people are also complaining about the overtime rule. You know, that, oh, the other team should get a, a chance to, to score. Let me just put it to you this way. If the other team, if the first team that gets the ball scores a touchdown, you don't deserve the ball. Okay, I'm sorry. The other thing is, if Tom Brady had never gotten the ball, people wouldn't be complaining about the overtime rule right now. So if, if it was reversed, if Patrick Mahomes scored the game-winning touchdown and, and you know, Kansas City ends up winning that game, how many people will start complaining about overtime? Nobody. People just don't like the Patriots, and that's why they're complaining about the overtime rule. Okay? A uh, couple more things. One, my first thought is Andy Reid is terrible. Terrible in big games. Okay? Let me just read you some numbers here. Andy Reid in his career with the Eagles and the Chiefs, two teams he was the head coach of, he's 12-14 and 14 in playoff games, under 500 record. Not good. Now, granted, his quarterbacks were Donovan McNabb, Patrick Mahomes, and I believe Alex Smith. I think, it's, I think that was it. Okay, his championship game record, that includes AFC and the NFC, 1-6. and six. And that one win, he lost in the Super Bowl to Belichick. Andy Reid struggled in this game. Struggled. Now, if you watch the overtime at the end, you'll notice that the— as the overtime was going on, the Chiefs players were getting tired. Andy Reid had a timeout. Use the timeout. That's what it's there for. Call timeout. Get your players some energy. Call out a play and reset. Don't let your guys go gas in the field. That's why Rex Burkhead walked into the end zone, former Nebraska running back that he is. Walked right into the damn end zone. I mean, he, Andy Reid has no clue how to coach in a big game. Now let me read you Bill Belichick's numbers. He's 30-11 and 11 in playoff games with five Super Bowl titles. He's 9-4 and four in AFC Championship games. 9-4. and four. That's incredible. Andy Reid's 1-6. and six. Andy Reid will never win a Super Bowl. He makes too many mistakes in too many critical times. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. But Patrick Mahomes is not going to the Super Bowl with Andy Reid. And if he does, they're not winning. Now, they've talked about in Kansas City, they've talked about changing defensive coaches. No kidding. Their defense can't stop anybody. I mean, Sony Michelle at over 100 yards. Rex Burkhead almost had 100 yards. Honestly, Kansas City can change all the defensive staff. The bottom line is they need defensive players. They need a pass rush. They need just about every spot filled. D Ford's a free agent. He's a big-time player. That was the guy who lined up offsides. How do you line up offsides? How in the world do you do that? I'm sorry. If, that was, if I was Andy Reid and he was called offsides, I would have benched him the rest of that game. That is inexcusable. You cannot do that in that kind of a situation. That is awful. Absolute disaster. I mean, that is, that is embarrassing. I mean, you just you cannot take an offsides penalty in that situation. Know where you are, back up, and wait for the snap. Don't line up in the neutral zone. I mean, my God, like, that, is just, that is just dumb. I mean, it's, it's dumb, asinine, blasphemous, whatever adjective you want to use, it was atrocious. So now the Super Bowl is New England and L.A. 
This is the Super Bowl, like I said, that I didn't really care about. I don't care who wins. If New England wins, great. Brady gets another one. Good for him. If L.A. wins, great. Brady loses two in a row. I mean, it doesn't really matter. And like I said, there really isn't a storyline. The storyline, if you want to make one, is McVay versus Belichick. That's the storyline. You know, is it a passing of the torch? I happen to believe New England's going to win this game. Now now that I'm picking the Patriots, the Rams are going to win. So um, I'm going to take New England. Listen, they just keep going and going. They've done this before. They know what it takes. They've Brady's won five or six Super Bowls. He's figured this out. This is Jared Goff's first go-round. There aren't that many players on the Rams that have been in the Super Bowl. Obviously, Aqib Tlaib is one of them, being that he was with Denver. New England's had a bunch. Obviously, the keys to the game, can New England slow down Todd Gurley? Um, can the Rams figure out a way to stop Brady? Um, you know, things like that. Can New England, can the Rams get pressure on Brady? Tom Brady's been sacked zero times in the playoffs. Zero. Can the Rams get pressure? I think they certainly can. They have the best defensive line in the league with Brockers, Donald, and Sue. But the Rams are going to have to disguise different things for Tom Brady. And I know the one guy they're going to watch, the film they have to watch, is the film that Rex Ryan, former Jets coach, puts together against Belichick. Because Rex Ryan, in a playoff game, on the road in New England, found a way. So I know they're going to be watching a lot of film, obviously. And I think the game will be good, but I honestly don't care who wins. I don't care about the halftime show. Maroon 5 with Big Boy and Travis Scott cares. Honestly, who cares? Commercials are overrated most of the time. None of them are that great. The only reason I'm watching it is because everybody else is watching it. I honestly, I probably could go the whole day without watching it. I really could. But that's that. That's, that's the NFL segment of today's podcast. So anyway, I'm going to get into some basketball now. Um, I did get an update this morning on my phone from Bleacher Report saying that uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee, both members of the Knicks, are gaining trade interest. But the Knicks do not want to trade an asset in order to trade them. So basically, the only way they're willing to trade them is if they get something decent in return and if they get expiring contracts. So they're not willing to attach a Frank Milikina. Um, you know, a Damian Dotson. They're not willing to attach any of those players to these contracts. That makes it that much harder to trade, obviously, for the Knicks' perspective. Um, I think there's three untouchables with the Knicks. As I mentioned in the Trade Deadline podcast, there's only there's three untouchables. Kevin Knox, Kristaps Porzingis, and Mitchell Robinson. Everybody else is on the table. I mean, a lot of free agents are out there uh, on the Knicks roster. A lot of them are going to become free agents. You know, guys like Canner, Trey Burke, um, you know, Emmanuel Moutier is an RFA, Noah Vonley. Like, so there, there's guys that are available. As I mentioned, Ennis Canner, I expect to get moved. It's been so up and down. He is fake tough drama. That's just what it is. He is fake tough. He is not tough at all. He thinks he is, but he's not. So I think the Knicks, they're going to look into moving Hardaway. They're going to look into moving Courtney Lee. I think the only way they get rid of those contracts is if they do attach an asset, whether it's a draft pick or a young player that they have. I happen to believe the Knicks are going to keep Nilakina for the rest of the season, see what he can do. Dotson, same thing. I think you have to give these kids a chance to play, and let's see what they're made of. Um, David Fisdale came out and said that Frank Nilakina, you know, is going to be a really good defensive player at the next level. He is a really good defensive player. I mean, the guy is, 
The guy made a great play on Paul George uh, yesterday. The concern with Frank is shooting. Yesterday, he went two for eight on uncontested jumpers. That's a big problem. And Frank Nilakina has to figure out his jump shot if he wants to become any kind of a threat at the, at the NBA level. Like I said, I don't think the Knicks are going to trade him right now. I think that's more of a summer move and maybe even the draft. Um, I, I just don't think the Knicks are going to move him. As much as I'm not, like I said, I'm not a Nilakina supporter. I'm not a Nilakina, you know, guy. Like, my guy is Mitchell Robinson. Like, that's who I love. Like, Nilakina's okay. He's a good defensive player, but he doesn't show up every night on the offensive end. So it, it's hard to figure him out. I still have not figured him out yet. Some people think he's the next Lance Thomas. And some people think he could be Patrick Beverly. So I, that's a big gap there. So I don't know where he fits. But right now, I think you have to give him an opportunity to play and see what he can do. And the same goes for Damian Dotson and a lot of the younger players. And I know Courtney Lee's probably having a tough time. Because Courtney Lee's gotten 10 straight games without playing now. And um, I'm sure it's tough for him. But we all know how great he, he's been for the Knicks. And you know he's done a really nice job on both ends of the court. So that, that's the Knicks part of the NBA segment. The other part I want to talk about is Carmelo Anthony. Um, Carmelo was traded yesterday from Houston to Chicago. Um, he's just, as we speak, I believe he's still on the Bulls roster, but he is going to get waived or traded by the February 7th deadline. Um, now Carmelo wanted to play in Chicago about four years ago. Um, so now he gets his chance, but obviously he wants to go win and be on a winning team. Um, Carmelo needs to be on a place where they're going to give him the ball and where they cannot tolerate defense, which is pretty much nobody. So I think right now, I think the obvious fit is the Lakers. Um, but the Lakers have come out and said that they don't want to give up a roster player. Um, they don't want to waive a roster player for Carmelo Anthony. I think LeBron wants to play with him to some extent. I just don't know if you know, they're willing to give up a young player that they have that maybe they like. Um, the Lakers, I, I know as of right now, Josh Hart has been made available. I, obviously, you don't trade Josh Hart for Carmelo Anthony. Um, Mo Wagner has become available, and Zubak has become available. Is Mo Wagner a guy maybe you move from Melo? Sure, I think that's possible. I don't see why you wouldn't move him. Wagner can go to a rebuilding team and have a chance to play. Zubak, I think, is already better than Carmelo Anthony right now. Zubak's played great the last few games. Um, but the three teams I think that will show the most interest in Melo are... Uh, the Lakers, the 76ers, and Portland. I think those are the three teams. Uh, I think if Melo had a choice, he'd play with the Lakers because it's LeBron. And, you know, I think if anyone can fix his career, it's LeBron James. Um, Portland, Damian Lillard's already ball dominant. I don't see how that fit works. You know, Philly, yes, they do need a power forward, but not one to stop the ball. And him and Jimmy Butler, the egos would just be flying. And Brett Brown already has a problem with Jimmy Butler. So I, I just don't know if that would work. I think the, it's either the Lakers or nobody for him. And I'd like to see him not end his career on a bad note because obviously he's a Hall of Famer. Obviously won my alma mater national championship. And he obviously did some good things for the Knicks and the Nuggets. And, you know, when he was no OKC, he had a couple of moments. But, you know, I just – I'd like to see Melo get on a team, you know, average 15 to 16 points a game, take 10 or 11 shots, and that's it. You know, like that, that's the plan for Melo, I think. Take 10 or 11 shots, get 15 to 16 points a game, at least show some effort on defense, and he, then he can retire. So that's the Melo portion. Now I'm going to get to the last part, which is the top five goats. 
So basically, I did some research on the top five greatest of all time athletes. So I am going to come out with my list of five. Obviously, everybody is different. As I mentioned, when I did my franchise quarterbacks list, had some disagreements, had some agreements. Um, it's going to be the same thing with this, and I appreciate the disagreements. So first of, first off, honorable mentions. Um, Usain Bolt, obviously a great runner, um, dominated the Olympics for a long time when he was running. Um, Serena Williams, another honorable mention. Obviously, 23 Grand Slams, dominating women's tennis. Nobody's really come close to her. Um, Pele, um, big-time soccer player, the best of all time. Fortunately, I wasn't around to watch him play. Muhammad Ali, um, one of the, probably the best boxer and best fighter, actually, to ever live. Um, some people can make the argument you know, that Floyd Mayweather Jr. is the greatest of this generation. I would agree with that. Um, but Muhammad Ali is, is the GOAT in that sport. And then Wayne Gretzky, obviously the GOAT in hockey. 99, you know, is famous, obviously retired around the league. There's no question that he's a GOAT, but he's not in my top five. And, uh, you know, obviously there's other guys like Jimmy Johnson in NASCAR, you know, uh, John Bones Jr. or Conor McGregor, if you want to make that argument. Um, but I'm not making an argument for somebody like Joey Chestnut, who's won 11 Nathan's Eating Hot Dog contests. Like, I'm not making that argument. I'm sorry. Um, so my top five, here we go. Number five, Roger Federer. He's won so many grand slams in tennis. Uh, men's tennis was very tough for a while, um, with Roger Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, um, obviously Andy Murray, who just announced his retirement recently. Um, Roger Federer has really, really dominated men's tennis. I mean, I can't even explain to you how dominant he was. You know, he's been written off a lot. He had a couple knee surgeries a couple years ago, won the Australian Open last year. Um, I mean, he's won eight Wimbledons, six Australian Opens. He won a French Open, which was the hardest one for him to get because him and Nadal were very competitive. And he's won five, he won five straight U.S. Open titles. That's cr- unheard of. He has achieved the career Grand Slam in tennis. He's only one of eight guys to do that. Um, he's reached 30s, 30 Grand Slam finals. Um, obviously, he's a very humble guy. Uh, he's won the Sportsmanship Award 13 times, and he was named ATP's Player of the Year five times. That's the tennis association that runs the tour. Um, obviously, he's, he's a great player. There's no question. His career has been pretty well documented, um, how good he is. So he's number five for me. Number four on my list of goats. Might surprise some people a little bit because may, I really didn't think about him for a while, is Michael Phelps. Now, Michael Phelps obviously is an Olympic athlete. He's not an athlete that, you know, spends a, a regular season or, a, you know, a championship season. His is one year, you know, every four years. Um, obviously he's the best swimmer to ever live. Um, you know, he's, I think, I believe he has a world record in five different events in swimming. Um, as I'm just reading off some stats here, he's won 82 medals, 65 gold, 14 silver, three bronze. Um, you know, at the 2012 Olympics in London, he won four gold and two silver. Rio, he won five golds and a silver. I mean, he's the most successful athlete at the Olympics. He's 
some you can make the argument he's the best Olympic athlete of all time. I don't know if you want to make that argument. You can. Um, obviously, his career is well documented. Baltimore guy. Um, he's obviously a Ravens fan now. He does have a, a baby now. He obviously had the whole marijuana incident go on. Um, didn't go so well for his buddy Ryan Lochte, but you know he's obviously Michael Phelps has been tremendous, set so many records, and you know he's done so much for swimming. I think a lot of people looked up to him, and, and I think he's really grown swimming a lot. And remember, he actually retired. Remember after the 2012 Olympics in Beijing, he said, "I'm done. I'm not swimming anymore. You know, I just want to move on." And then he came back and he won at the Summer Olympics in, in Rio de Janeiro. Um, obviously his, his diet's been well talked about having, I believe 20,000 calories or something insane. Um, but he's, I think just watching him, he's one of the most focused athletes I've ever seen in my life. Um, so he's number four for me. Number three, um, is Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady is the greatest football player of all time. I know some of the older folks say, Oh, Jim Brown was the best. And Jim Brown's from my hometown of Manhasset, New York. Okay. I didn't watch him play. I'm not going to make that argument. Tom Brady is the greatest player I have ever seen, okay, in football. He comes back from 28-3 to down against Atlanta. I mean, he could, he could have eight Super Bowls if he beat the Giants twice and beat the Eagles last year. I mean, this guy lives the dream. I mean, he's won five Super Bowls. He's won them all with one team. He is married to a hot supermodel. I mean, yes, he's had to Flategate and Spygate. He's had some issues there. But, I mean, he's, he's won so many postseason games. He's the oldest player to win the Super Bowl MVP, oldest player to win the regular season MVP. You know, so this guy is just, I've, like, every time he steps on the field with two minutes left, you're like, all right, he's going to get it done. You know? Just look at look at look at look at Sunday against Kansas City. They got the ball in overtime. Game over. Kansas City doesn't touch the ball. Tom Brady gets done. Goes down the field. Rex Burkhead goes to work. Julian Edelman, Gronk, and what do they do? They win. Now they're going to the Super Bowl again. So he's number three for me. I don't want to rave about him too much because I'm not really a Patriots fan. Number two is Tiger Woods. Now, obviously, golf is near and dear to my heart. Um, Growing up watching him was like watching a phenom. You know, he's, he's done it all. Um, you know, he's, he's just won. He's won so much. I mean, he's won, I believe, 80 events, 14 majors. Um, obviously, he had a lot of con- – he has more competition now than he did about 15 years ago when he had guys like Vijay Singh, David Duval. Um, Ernie Els, Phil, now he has guys like Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, Ricky, Rory, Jordan Spieth, all these different players. Um, and he's had, but he's the ultimate comeback story. I mean, he had back surgery, knee surgery. He had the uh, incident with his ex-wife. He's had drug problems. He's pretty much been through the entire thing up and down, and he somehow continues to win golf tournaments. I, I mean, it's tremendous what he's able to do, and you know, he's such an ambassador for golf. I mean, I know, like, when I watched him when I was younger, watching that shot on 16 at Augusta National, you know, watching his shot over the water in, at Canada. You know, like, there's so many shots that, you know, when you watch golf and you love golf as much as I do, you remember what Tiger does. Um, 
Tiger's the greatest I've ever seen. And that's not going to change anytime soon. I don't think it ever will. Uh, I did not watch Jack Nicholas. I know Jack Nicholas has more majors, and he's probably, you know, he's probably a better person than Tiger. No offense to Tiger. Um, but Tiger is, he's something else. Um, I actually got a chance to watch him in Florida when I went to the Honda Classic. He was about as nice as it gets. That's the nicest I've ever seen him act in public. Um, so I think he's really turned a new leaf, and you know he's really thankful for the fans and everything he's done. And just look what happened in uh, September when he won at the Tour Championship in Atlanta. I mean, that was like a movie scene, like with thousands of people running after him. I mean, that was an incredible scene to watch and something I'll never forget. I'll probably make a movie out of it at some point. But, uh, you know, he's, to me, he's, I wanted to put him at number one, but I just couldn't because of all the personal stuff that happened. That's why I went with Michael Jordan as number one. You know, when you have a nickname as Aris, you're the GOAT. Okay, like that, that nickname is awesome. And obviously, Michael Jordan... Um, you know, won a lot of championships, played on Chicago and Washington and, you know, played with Scottie Pippen and now he owns the Charlotte Hornets and played for Carolina, obviously. Um, I'm just glad that, you know, he came about, you know, obviously I was at his last game at the garden and, uh, when he was with the wizards, I got a chance to watch it. I will never forget that moment. Um, it's something I will always take with me. He's He was a special, special talent. And it wasn't just on the court either. Remember, everybody wanted Jordan sneakers. Everybody. He redesigned marketing in the NBA. Like he, everybody's like, oh, where'd you get the Jordans? Where'd you get the Jordans? Like everybody wanted Jordan sneakers. Everybody. People still want them to this day. You know, I mean, what he's done is just incredible. I, I know he's had some other issues like gambling. You know, his father got murdered. I mean, there was a lot that happened to Michael Jordan. Um, obviously, he had a couple of retirements and things like that. But let's face it. The guy made every big shot when he needed to. I mean, he had that, that signature fadeaway jumper. You know, he had that. And he there's so many moments of Jordan. Like, even you could not watch Michael Jordan... There's so many moments. The crossover on uh, on uh, Byron Russell in Utah. The flu game, which was the flu game. Um, you know, scoring in the All-Star game. His last All-Star game, I believe he scored like 40 or 45 points. Um, you know, the signature dunk, you know, that Starks made over him. You know, um, the uh, decision in midair to go from a dunk to a finger roll. You know, the shoulder shrug. You know, like there's so many things you remember about Jordan. Um, so he's my greatest of all time athlete. I, I know some people would probably put LeBron in there. That's fine. Some people may put Kobe in there. That's fine too. Um, you know, it's your own list. You come up with your own, make your own. If you want to send them to me, that's great. You can send them to me on Twitter at Schaefenbake, Instagram at Schaefenbake. Um, by the way, I just got some breaking news. Kansas City has fired their defensive coordinator, Bob Sutton. Um, due to their poor performance in the AFC title game. So I guess Andy Reid found somebody else to blame. So that's great. But anyway, if you want to send me your own list, you can send it there. Um, if you are listening, I, I would appreciate it if you guys shared it with other people. Um, I do put it on my Instagram story and on my Twitter. I would appreciate it. 
Uh, if you guys could just share it with your friends and so I can get some more opinions, not just from the same five or six people. I'd like it from a hundred people. Um, so I'd really appreciate it if you guys would do that for me. Um, I've gotten some great positive feedback. I, again, I appreciate all the comments and everything. Um, as I mentioned, more guests will be coming on. I did have one on to do an NBA trade deadline special. Um, I will be having some on for Champions League soccer. I know some of you have wanted to talk about that. We will get into that. Um, when we get closer, obviously that's not for a couple of weeks. Um, but so anyway, you could subscribe and listen to this podcast and every episode on there on Apple, Google, Spotify. You could also find it on the app called Anchor, which is where I do all my podcasting. It's very easy. If, even if you want to start your own podcast, it's really easy. All you have to do is hit record and it just starts recording for you. And you can put music in there. You can put sounds. You can do whatever you want. And it's really easy. And if you're, if you're afraid to start your own podcast or anything like that, I highly recommend you do it. So that's all the time I have for today. Um, again, I really appreciate it if you guys could just spread the news. Uh, that would be great. So for this episode, I'm Andrew Schaefer, and this is Straight Up Sports.